I want you to know we've been doing this for six months or so now. You're the first person to appear in Feathers. From Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky, Blacklock Moon Production proudly presents Bluegrass Homefront Season 2. My name is Tiny Brian and I am your host. And with me, as always, though slightly different now, is Victor. Victor, hello. Hello. What's different? Well, I mean, you're not sitting across from me. I see your chair. I'm sitting across from you. You can't see me? I I mean, I I see your empty chair. It's right. It's there. But and I see you on a screen, so oh, there I am. Yeah, you're on a screen, so we have yeah. So we had hoped, like we we kept talking about Plague World in season one of this podcast, yep. and we hoped that we had left COVID behind in season one. Turns out, not only not has so COVID much. maintained and stayed with us into season two, it has now affected us directly. As uh, Victor is currently under a COVID quarantine because of a potential scare, everybody's healthy there, right? Y'all are feeling good. Oh yeah, yeah, we're fine, and and it's a really just a slight thing. We're just taking the precaution just to be, uh, you know, better safe and sorry. So uh, I took the uh, test this morning, so that was weird. So yeah, tell me about this. You took the test. How how did that go? It's it's not pleasant. I mean, it's not the worst did they, thing did ever. Did you do the poke your nose back into the back of your yeah, brain they, test? they take like a long Q-tip and stick it all the way to the back of your nose and hold it there for like five seconds. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's not pleasant. And they do both nostrils. <laughs> Just to be thorough. Um, it made me, yeah, it made me sneeze. I bet. So, so how long did you, did you like go to a drive through Did you go somewhere? Where'd yep, you go? Just to, just drive through you just pull right up and they take your well you gotta make an appointment and you know once you make an appointment they got your name and your phone number and you drive up and you say hey i'm here for my appointment and okay and that's it hey, stick they stick it they said i'll know i'll know my results in the next 24 hours did you and kathy go together or is she getting a test no, she she uh, scheduled our times at a different time so you know how long did you actually she, have to wait once you got there whole process took Less than ten minutes. Excellent. So they've gotten yeah. it down to a a, a, a to a science, yeah, so to speak. It's pretty quick, and uh, you know, I need to get mine done. That's why I was I was there right at eight o'clock this morning because, you know, as you well know, I have things to do and places to go. I can't afford to be. Uh, yeah, you can't afford to be stuck at home for days and days. So we got to get you I back cannot, and so. and moving. So, yeah. so, so I'll yeah. know here within a, within the next twenty four hours, and I'm not I'm not really overly concerned too much. No. I mean, the, the the situation sounds like it wasn't even particularly like a, a, a terrible situation. Just we got to have an abundance of caution. Yeah. So, yep. you know, which is kind of what the, where the whole nation is right now. We're having an abundance of caution, you know. Uh, so you hear that uh, California has lifted like all their bands, even though it's gotten worse. Yeah, they lifted all the state stuff. They're leaving the counties to kind of set the bands, but it was the state yeah, stuff know, and the it, regional it's, stuff. It's just weird. Yeah, the, the, the weird kind of, okay, we're going to do this thing. No, wait, that doesn't work. We're going to try something different. And the, the weird pivots have been a big part of this whole mess. So the virus hasn't changed, but we have had one big change since we uh, last were on there with you. Oh, what's that? We have a new president. Oh, we do, indeed. <laughs> we do. Despite, despite every, uh, a lot of people thinking maybe we wouldn't, 
that he the that our previous president would get another chance. Uh, and it he didn't is, happen for him, so yeah, not president anymore. So we and, now we have Joseph R. Biden. I think is the R. It is R, isn't it? Robinette, yes, Joseph yeah, Robinette so, Biden. Robinette, that's a funny middle name. That's a that's a last name where we're from. Yeah, that's uh yeah. yeah. Robinson, Robertson, Robinette. We have all kinds Robinette. of Robin is a there's a lot of people whose name starts with Robin where we're from. Must have been Sir Robin. <laughs> anyway. So yes, he and then Biden was uh was uh inaugurated under an abundance of caution that he there was. was almost nobody there and uh well, there except for a lot there. of a lot of guards and flags. Yeah, there wasn't really going to be anybody there to start with. Well, there were going to be fewer people there to be sure because of COVID. Right, but so. but with the uh, and you know we we do we probably ought to mention the December fifth stuff and all that and when when the the rioters tried to overrun the Capitol January fifth. I think December fifth. I thought that was January sixth. Maybe it was January sixth. The, the first part I'm of this sure. month. It, it was. And uh, that's still kind of casting a pall over everything. And, uh, you know, and that did spawn a potential impeachment of the former president. Oh, which, they're going to go on with the, the trials. I heard that on the. Yeah, we're know, a couple weeks away the... from it actually starting, but they are going to go on with the trials. And, yeah. You know, impeachment season isn't just in Washington. We've got a lot of impeachments going on here with. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, all, all that bullshit. They're trying to do it to Andy, and then now mm-hmm. they're trying to do it to Daniel Cameron. And I don't know, man. We got a virus going on. Let's. I, I think we need to do some important shit, like you know, with the gambling thing. So you're making. You heard that? I'm sure you listened to. Oh yeah. So at this hour, and I, I would imagine by the time this posts, the the all of the what they call historic historical racing uh, parlors. I don't know. The yep. basically the slot machines at the in the casinos that. Uh, pretend to be horse racing will all have been closed right. and there's none of that going on. And, uh, but, uh, let's, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. I wanted to ask you specifically because, you know, Trump's impeached by the, by the house and, and tried by the Senate. Bashir was referred by a couple of citizens for his impeachment to this new special impeachment committee. But okay. Cameron, I don't know if you if you've heard, but Cameron's petition for impeachment came from the grand jury that, that. related to the Breonna Taylor case. That, that actually gives it a little bit more weight, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I wanted to come back to. Is is I find that interesting that those jurors, I wonder I wonder how they felt reacted. I'd love to, to talk to a couple of them here on the show. Maybe we'll try to do that here in the second season. That would definitely be interesting because. You know, that's a pretty well we talked that's the thing we talked about Attic talked to Attica Scott about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean the, Yes, when we talked to Representative there, there were Scott, no yeah. the only charges brought up were the for the bullets that missed. So that doesn't make any sense on any plane. So, you know, maybe that's the problem there. <laughs> and uh later in the episode today we will actually continue to talk about the fallout from the Brianna Taylor case with Brianna's Law. And that's gonna be when we talk with a former representative and founder of Hood to the Holler. A, uh, a, a outreach to try to bring the mountains of eastern Kentucky together with the west end of Louisville, and that is, of course, mm-hmm. Representative Charles Booker. Yep, That's our that uh, really exciting. Right, and then we do have our first artist interview of the new season coming up uh, before that. 
But immediately, mm-hmm. straight ahead, we do have some our first music of the new year. Are you excited for the new music, Victor? Oh yeah, we got we got some music we can play and um, about ready to ramp up and reach out some more new artists and and get that going. But uh, on this first song, we're going back to East Kentucky. So he died playing the banjo, something he really liked to do. So here's one from Banjo Bill Cornette. He's from Hindman, Kentucky. All on the western plains, the many days I spend. Just a young thing from Kentucky 
where the horses run wild and free and the wind plays a gentle love song through the wild willow trees where the grass is blue as a perfect sky like the music that we sing yeah we grow some of the finest here on highway 23 many work down in the mines just like in the good old days we put them on Yeah. 
Always cross the line with these six strings of buzz and left my hands. I break each chain, pressing the open road. No sign bearer to show me the trail of broken hearts. Life and lake, got to ramble on, blazing my own way. Dusty trail and me are moving along. says Western Carolina. Wisdom through the pines, paying the past no mind. Road on grown lace cocaine, I'll put the crazy in your mind. You'll never be the same. Helps the past the time. Kicking those spread strings, the hollow folks know how to throw it down. Crank music up. Time for a few more rounds. Dusty trail and me are moving along. Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. Hey guys, and I'm in the studio, but Victor is remote today because, as we said earlier, Plague World. So, uh, yep, Plague World. So, anyway, in that first run of music, we heard John Haywood with Take Me Back to Eastern Kentucky. Friend of the show. Kelsey May, Kelsey May with Highway 23, and Jory Bowling with Rambler. Excellent. So, that was a great set of music. Yep. Yep, and uh, as our good friend John Haywood, the tattoo artist and the banjo player, we appreciate him and uh, all of our artists. Yeah, uh, previous artist spotlight. We got our first artist spotlight of the the new season coming up in just a couple of minutes here. But we before did. we get yeah. to that, I thought we might talk a little U- Kentucky sports. Oh boy, because there's all a right. lot to talk about. First, let's talk about the good news because there is some good news. There's some good things to talk about. Oh Kentucky sure, Kentucky football. 
They had mm-hmm. kind of a gloomy start because they had one of the, the t- most terrible schedules in the history of football at Kentucky. Well, I think all those all, SEC every, team games. Well, every team in the SEC had the same experience. So yeah, we all hated it. it. Yeah, except for maybe Alabama, who hold. did win. It was a tough road to hoe, as they say. Yeah, we did pull it together, and we won our bowl game. So you we know, did. and it was we got a lot of people coming back. We're going to be kind of scary next year. So I'm pretty excited I think about we that. Ended up going five and six after all. I'm okay with that. Got the bowl win, mm-hmm. so you know. And uh, yeah, you're right. We should have a good team. We got a lot of good players coming back for like fifth, six years. It's kind of crazy. Or uh, the guy that would have been the highest in the in the draft. I don't think of his name right now, but. Uh, he came back, so there you are. And we got some, we got a beast and a gunslinger coming in a, a, you know, one of each coming in a quarterback. So it should be interesting. We really are reloading and not rebuilding for the football coming up in the fall. Oh so. yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing how well they've done. I mean they've done way way better than our uh, Wildcats on the basketball side. Do you care care to talk about that a little bit there, Brian? Well, let's. Uh, let, there's still more good news. Hang on, hang on. Oh, there's okay, more good okay, news. First got? of all, all Louisville. Right. Well, Louisville beat Duke over the weekend. I mean, they that's did. good yes, for did. the Louisville. That's good for the Louisville for the Louisville fans. And, L's up, and they and beat Coach my. K was crying about it. Oh, and, it was awful. Yeah. It was wonderful. It, you know that if if we can't <laughs> if we have to have bad news for the basketball team, at least. Coach K and Duke are nice enough to also be crappy this year. That that made me feel a little watched, better. I watched part of that game. Louisville pretty much handed it to them. So we're all we're congratulations to our U of L partners. One more thing, one more bit of good news before we get to the bad news is the UK hoops team. Oh yeah, the I mean girls. they are having an incredible year. They really down are. There they got at Memorial a Coliseum. They got an incredible player in Ryan Howard and mm-hmm. uh, some some other really really good players go along with her. And, well, she uh, was out a for fun. a game and they still won, didn't? She was that... out for like two games and yeah. they still won. You're right. So, and they're playing in the uh, toughest toughest conference. You know what's funny about that is the SEC has probably been a tougher basketball women's conference than it's for longer than the bat than the whole football thing has really been going on. Hmm. I don't think I realized that. Seems like it, SEC's always so, had man, good because football. It, it goes all the way back with Tennessee and all those years, man. And there's, you know, to go along with Tennessee, you know, it's, it's kind of hit and miss on which team it is, but there's always like a good mix of SEC teams that are really good. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Tennessee was one like eight, ten championships or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. lots of good news, but let's go ahead and and, and, and talk about the struggle. The men's team oh, yeah. here at UK is is having it's, a bad year. They the they last great. game was really good. They they did they play well. They got their schedule. I mean their record up to uh, five and nine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, so we're yeah. but we're hopeful. We're not hopeful. No, they uh, they I, I I'm I'm liking kind of what I'm seeing. Boston's playing a little bit more under control, trying to make the easy plays. That boy just go up for a simple layup. He'd have like six more points. No really. kidding. You know, so, but, so there's uh, he's, some hope. He's, he's getting there, and uh, the rest of the team's playing well. Our boy uh, Dante Allen's, you know, still out there hitting shots, and uh, uh, yeah, they they're they're looking better. All right, so uh, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. That so we have some hope. Let's go ahead and yep. get into our uh, our first artist interview, our, our first artist spotlight of season two with Bria artist Rainbow Star. Take a yep. listen. She- Joining us now is Kentucky performer. We are 
Victor, I would say we're, we're, we've been pretty excited to speak to this performer. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Ever since she kind of popped up in my email, she's like, hey, here's some songs you can play. And I've been interested in her music ever since. And since she was on the show, we've been, fo- I think both of us follow her on social media. And we she do. has some compelling social media. We, we highly recommend you follow her there. Miss Rainbow Star does join us today here on Bluegrass Homefront. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate you. So uh, anyway, let's kind of, let's start with, uh, how long have you been doing music? Hmm, good question. I mean, I think probably like most people, you know, writing songs since I was like seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting part is that, you know, I had my my duo freshman year of college and was doing music all through there, you know, took guitar lessons when I was 16, was real into it, you know, like most 16-year-old girls are. Sure. Um, um, and then my freshman year of college, my guitarist, I, I met him and he was just amazing. He was, he had had eight years of lessons and I had had one lesson and then was like, I have no patience. And I was most, I was entirely self-taught really. Um, and so I told myself as, as we do sometimes that I wasn't good enough. And so at age 18, I quit and 13 years later, after this perfectionism induced songwriting hiatus, um, a woman here in Berea introduced me to the Appalachian mountain dulcimer, the lap dulcimer, which is such an amazing, um, I really recommend it for anybody who's like, guitar's too hard. Cause yes, guitar is too hard. Okay. Um, the, but the dulcimer is a really easy instrument to play and it's just a, a ton of songs just started pouring forth when that happened. Um, and that's how I really, I think it was a year or two later, I released my first album. So, and this is like a, is this a, a hammer dulcimer or a hand? Do you play it like with the little hammers? Way easier, way easier than the hammer dulcimer. So the it's the lap dulcimer. Um, mm-hmm. Locally, why am I blanking right now? I haven't had coffee today. I apologize. But we have <laughs> an amazing local dulcimer maker who's world famous, Warren May. Um, and also, you know, there's uh, Jean Ritchie. She's the mm-hmm. the famous Appalachian Mountain dulcimer player. So there's four strings. I play it with three because less makes it easier. And also, I I, I prefer the the tone. Um, and it's you can basically lay your fingers down anywhere, fret it anywhere, and it sounds good. Whereas guitar, you have to know what you're doing, or it, it sounds funky. That was a cat running down my lap. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those cat. of her, for those of you listening, while she was giving this interesting discussion about the lap dulcimer, a cat literally just flew through the background as though it had superpowers. It was, it's great. <laughs> they do. Cats are super powerful. Indeed. So uh, we, we played some of your music in the, the first season. So you, you played a little guitar, but your real instrument is the lap dulcimer and you've, you've been playing that how long and uh, how much you just completed a new album. Am I right about that? It's almost done. So I I'm hoping to release holler ghosts EP in March. Um, yeah. And I, and I wouldn't say, I don't know that I even have like a main instrument right now. Cause I did start, Dulcimer was absolutely the segue into writing songs for me now, but I'll show you on this wall next to me. I mean, I, I'm now playing guitar again and banjo Dulcimer. There's, oh, excellent. There's the Dulcimer right there. Um, banjo, baritone ukulele, and then the soprano ukulele. Love that. I got it from the library. You can check them out from the library here. And I was like, how much to never give this back to you? They said, it costs $30. I'm like, yes. Okay, sold. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Ukuleles are amazing. I highly recommend them. So are you still involved in Berea? Are you, I, I'm assuming you went to Berea College. Is that right? 
No. I did not. So I was here until I was 10. And then I wrote the song Berea um, about, you know, it, it goes into about how we moved away. My parents had a business here and I went out of business and we left town when I was nine. And I, I, I think that's the, the point at which I became an instant hippie because we lived down the valley. Mom grew a lot of our food and we moved to the city with the airport in our backyard and the view of the city and like two decorative trees in the backyard with decorative stones around them. And I was like, what happened to my woods? You know? <laughs> so I've been here for six years. Um, and I, I so don't you know just moved back cause you missed Berea. Yeah. I, it, I never got over it when we left when I was nine, you know, it's, a, it's an impressionable age for sure. So oh, it, sure. it made it. Yeah. So where did you move to? Um, so we moved to Somerset an hour and a half South. Well, it's an hour South well, of Berea. And then, that's not, exactly, that's not exactly a metropolis down there, though. Oh, well, it is. To, if, you're, I, if, you, if you grow up in Berea, yeah, in the we're, holler, we're both, metropolis. We're both from Pike <laughs> County, literally from the holler, so we can relate with that. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Kentuckian. I don't really know what a city is, <laughs> according to people outside the state. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we, like we live city. in the big town of Lexington, so which is, you know, <laughs> Not the biggest town of Louisville, but it's still a big town. So yeah, it's a yeah. big town. Yeah, for for Kentucky anyway. So yeah, mm -hmm. I had pictured that you were somewhere off of Versailles Road over like here in town, with looking at our airport up here. But you meant the Somerset Airport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, we played. I think we played Holler Ghosts for our Halloween special we last did. year. Wasn't that what we did? Yeah. Yeah, we were we we're pretty. I was. I think we did. We play that song twice. We ended up playing it. Uh, twice because I get a kick out of it. Oh, yeah, I, me I too. Like that that's, song, that's, so. Yeah, we played it earlier in the season, and I think we brought it back for the Halloween special. We so, did. And I, I take it it's going to be that song and then some other songs that you're planning to release? Yes, there's a handful or two. And um, Sam Bleeds is putting together some stuff right now for um, banjo and fiddle on it. I've got a friend, Bridget Kalen, out of Louisville, who's working on maybe accordion, maybe saw, and a couple tracks. Um, My father. A uh, friend, uh, Faye Adams. My father was a handsaw player. Uh, if you, I heard you mention cool. a saw, and it's a, a family instrument of mine that I have sadly thus far neglected to pick up. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's never too late to do the right thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it involves getting my thighs together, and as Tiny Brian, as a name, is, is intentionally ironic, it, it, it you can understand it's a little hard for me to get my thighs to decide to be together to hold the saw. So, But I'm working on huh. it. We're going to get him yeah. some kind of little something to hold it for him yeah i need i need a stand of some sort but but because i theoretically understand it because i have i watched my dad do the crazy bends and the the striking it for for years so um Very cool. i know that this we're, we're coming out of uh well we're hopefully soon coming out of plague world and and gonna start to slowly get back to normal uh is there an idea that you might do some touring with this or at least play around kentucky if should it come out or I mean, yep. I'm, sh I'm sure I'll end up, you know, forcing myself to get back into bars and stuff, but I'm a mega, mega introvert, and I really don't, I mean, I know it's probably not good for me as a musician to say this, but this is real. I don't like performing. I also heard Prince doesn't like performing. Does that make me cool? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you, you've shown, frankly, I see a couple comparisons to Prince. You've shown up in an interesting outfit, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know your actual name. You know, there's plenty of, there's, there's lots of weird comparisons. It's the artist for, or artist known as Rainbow Star. Yeah, the artist not, not currently, formally, yeah, yeah, not formally, currently yeah. known as Rainbow Star. <laughs> funny. So, no, I mean, like, it's hard for me. You know, it's it's as nerve wracking to get on stage and perform as anybody who's never done it might think that it would be. Like mm -hmm. every time, it's so nerve wracking. And I mean, 
you know, so I you don't find yourself like getting that energy from it that some performers talk about. I do, I do, but I have major anxiety and I have major social anxiety, and I I call myself a mega mega introvert. Like I had, I know one person who's more introverted than I am. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> so the dread, the dread you have to pay up front doesn't really cover for the uh, the the energy you get on the back end is. I mean, my ideal situation is to make enough money putting it out digitally, like online, that I can just stay home and make music by myself in my house. Well, and the, the beauty of the beauty of the modern world is that is something that mm -hmm. you can kind of game plan and figure out how to do. And uh, mm -hmm. we're happy to aid in that with our uh, distanced and safe and online media here with the podcast. So thank you, and it's really cool to connect with y'all over over the internet. It's just it is it is nerve wracking. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself, as you might imagine, people do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I still hope when, when, when it gets safe to do, I certainly hope we we would like to see you live. I hope you at some point we can we can get you to overcome your 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 fear a little bit and come at, at some point when 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 we can do it safely because yeah, it'll happen. It's just not like my focus, you know, go on tour or anything. Well, now is not the time to be trying to focus on that because Plague <laughs> World will disappoint you. I it mean, will. Yeah, we, we wanted to have like live events last summer and we just sat around all spring going, anytime now it's going to get better and it never did. All right. Well, Rainbow Star, we've had a lovely time talking to you today and we, we could probably keep you here all day just chit-chatting, but we should probably get on with things. And uh, But we do really appreciate you spending some time with us today on Bluegrass Homefront. Thanks so much for being our first artist spotlight of season two. Oh, thank you so much. Many blessings. Take care. You Talk too. Again. Thank you very Bye -bye. much. Yeah, I know, but kill 
just had more compassion. He just had more compassion. Maybe they would stop raping and killing our women and children. Stop killing each other. We all could die happy if we just had more compassion. Maybe China would release the Uyghurs they torture and mutilate with worldwide impunity Cause man can do anything if we just had more compassion If we just had more compassion Maybe millions of women would not die from pregnant in first world countries without reproductive health care If we just had more compassion If we just had more compassion, we just had more compassion. We just had more compassion. We just had more compassion. If we weren't so anti-white. We just had more compassion. If we'd say this never happened, we just had more compassion. Then white men could sleep well. So I've got to kill, kill all the men today, kill them with kindness, that's what the white men say.
Well, it's July in Kentucky. Hell, this time of year. And hell's not even close to what it's like not having you here. I still remember that day when the postman came, delivered me a letter from you, said, Brother, I'll be home before June. Well, it's July in Kentucky, and I'm standing on softer. The temperature reads 103, but somehow it's still colder. Get out while the getting's good. Start a family like you said you would. Then I can see you grow up once more instead of having a stranger in a suit at my door. Welcome back, Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. All right, and that last little set of music after the interview was Rainbow Star with Not All Men, The Lost River Cavemen with Dish Towel, and Clifton Ross with July in Kentucky. Oh, July in Kentucky. That sounds lovely. I would like some July in Kentucky. Clifton is a that blues artist we like. He that's I was like, yeah, I can't. Why not? Let's play some more Clifton Ross because oh. I, I really like I really like his sound. I really do. And I do love reminding people that Kentucky is it, while we have a lot of bluegrass in Kentucky or can bluegrass in country or bluegrass in Americana, whatever they're calling it now. It's not yeah. all that. We have other things too. So, and I love it all. So I'm just happy to have it here. I so, think we had a pretty pretty good fair mix in our little run of music day on on that i mean we had some of the country in the bluegrass but you know it's it's not all that all right so i'm i'm really excited for our, our first uh for for our next interview for, for the, the for here's we're closing out the first episode of the season our featured interview and i thought what we had talked about this previously we're going to set up our own new little section we're actually going to name a, a segment of the show and we're going to go into it right now and we're going to name it after uh, I about uh, name it after what's called Fancy Farm, and who doesn't yep. love Fancy Farm? But that's the August in Western Kentucky where we get a bunch of barbecue together, and we get Democrats and Republicans and everybody else together, and 
everybody gives speeches and people cheer for their friends and boo their enemies and and it's just a, a good time and you know it's it's partisan but it's good natured and it's a reminder that we're all Kentuckians. Right. So in that in the spirit of Fancy Farm here on here at season one episode or season two episode one of Bluegrass Homefront, we want to christen Fancy Talk. Fancy talk. Fancy talk. Where we talk a little politics and and so we'll, before we get into our interview, which will is uh, is with uh, Representative Charles Booker, he's going to talk about a bunch of things and had a great conversation with him. By the way, we really did, I, and I, I knew I I knew that he'd just be like just a really nice guy, mm-hmm. and he he made me right on that. I, I really appreciated him taking the time to to talk to little you know lowly us. Yeah, so we're happy to be able to bring that conversation to you. But first, let's talk. Because th- there is a lot going on politically here in Kentucky right now. The legislature's in session. They're in for, I believe, their 30-day session. So it's a shorter session, and they've got to do a two-year budget because they weren't able to do it during last year's longer session because of COVID. So right. the pressure's on. We've already seen a whole flurry of early bills. Among them, they were limiting Governor Bashir's emergency powers in the light of covid and there was what was called the Born Alive Bill, which is an anti-abortion, which is considered a, a pro-life bill that says if a baby is born alive, we have to try to keep it alive. Governor right. Bashir shot down all of the other bills, but let the Born Alive Bill become law without his signature. Which is some, yeah, some maneuver. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but there's a way he could let it become law. He didn't, and he didn't have to really comment on it because, you know, it, as Representative Scott told us when we talked to her last fall, that bill does nothing. It's, you know, if a baby is born alive, we try to keep it alive. That's that's already true. So yeah, right. adding, you know, passing it again doesn't really help. So yeah, all those things were shut down, and then. But he let that one become law. Some of those things might get overridden. There's, there's actually maybe some signs that they're going to talk about things. And you think it might be an appeasement thing, maybe on his part? I, because, like you said, I mean, it, it's kind of what? Are, what are we talking about? You, of course, you're going to keep it alive if it's yeah. born alive. That's that's. I thought that's the way it always always was. I think it's kind of a agree to what can be agreed to. You know, it's like okay, so yes, we'll fine. There's nothing wrong with this particular bill. So if you want it. You guys are in charge. It can yeah, become go law. For it. Yeah, agree right. to what can be agreed to. Now, what's interesting and what's just been dropped into the laps of the legislature, and we talked a little bit about it in one of the earlier segments, is about gambling and about uh, horse racing or horse oh, yeah. racing. That, a bunch of hypocritical stuff you ever heard in your life talking about this stuff. Yeah, because it really is. It, it's in a state where we had a lottery, and then they want to they want to try to say. Oh, well, we can have these slot machines, you know, because there's like historical racing. So in other words, bullshit, right? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> so, it's a slot machine, it, folks. It's a slot machine. Yeah, and, and, and it's a slot machine. And But, you know, the, the uh, Supreme Court, the Kentucky Supreme Court, they, they agreed unanimously. I can't really say that word. Sorry about that. But uh, they all agreed that... Uh, that's bullshit. Yeah, right? you've got, like if you want to have these, you've the, got to change the law that and, says we can't have gambling. And you've got to change the law, and the, and the law as it stands, unfortunately, is that gambling's illegal. So, good night. And mm-hmm. it's apparently, what would you say, like tomorrow or the next day, it's good night for the Red Miles? No, they're closed. Other, they're closed. Oh, they're closed yeah, now. Yeah, before okay, this so. ever comes out, they are closed, closed. They were right. they were trying to get a new hearing with the court. The court turned them down, and so they're in 
the the thing that let them kind of stay open while they were trying to ju- adjudicate all this ran out. Right. So and, they shut down. So now you know, it's got to be the legislature or they're going to stay shut down and all these expensive machines are just going to sit there. Well, maybe that'll be the thing to get them going on this because it's it's just silly. All these states all the way around us have got this stuff legalized, especially the sports gambling. Yeah, why are I mean, we just on, sending it, our money to Indiana and Ohio and Tennessee? Why? Well, you can sit there on your phone and send your entire bank account overseas on and these bet. gambling websites and bet, you know, whatever you want. And you can't do it right here in Kentucky and, I don't know, maybe tax it. Mm-hmm. What a novel idea. Well, I wish we'd have ta- I wish we'd have had the foresight to talk about this with uh, with uh, Representative Booker, but with, uh, this has kind of developed since we, we talked to him. But we talked about a, right. a lot of things, and uh, let's go ahead and head into that. And I think you'll enjoy it. Here is our talk with Representative Charles Booker. We are so honored to be joined at this time with uh, Representative, uh, uh, until recently, uh, Representative Charles Booker of Louisville, of the West End. Uh, Representative, thanks for joining us here on Homefront. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We are so thrilled to have you. You've uh, you've definitely been one of our big newsmakers here in Kentucky this last year, and we think you've got a lot, to, a lot of things to share with our listeners, and we're glad you've joined us. I wanted to start by talking about your background a little bit and where you come from. You're, you're a native of the West End of Louisville. And I, I, wanted, yeah. I wondered if you could share with us what some of the, the challenges and opportunities coming out of growing up in that part of the world, what were some of the challenges and opportunities that you faced? Absolutely. And um, as you mentioned at the, the top here, I, I am the former state representative for the 43rd District, and it has been such an honor. Uh, the privilege of my life, short of being a dad, um, to be honest with you, to represent not only the 43rd district, but all of Kentucky. And um, within that district includes a lot of the West End of Louisville, mm-hmm. um, which is where I'm from. It also cuts through downtown, so the Central Business District, and actually goes out to the eastern part of the county that pulls in some of the wealthiest and then the, some of the poorest where I'm from zip codes in Jefferson County and and honestly in the state. Um, the Russell neighborhood um, where I've lived the past few years um, has been one of the poorest zip codes in Kentucky. And, you know, growing up in the West End, all my family um, is from here. Um, it was a lot of trauma, but honestly, we didn't see it that way. You know, we never had a lot of money. Both my parents dropped out of high school. My dad dropped out to go to the army. Um, my mom dropped out to be mom number two because my family is so big. I'm one of, right now, it's over 70 grandkids. Wow. I, I've given up on count. I don't keep counting anymore. Uh, my grandparents had their home open to foster care uh, so for over 40 years, uh, wow. and they adopted a lot, but they had 11 biologically. Wow. So, so, it's, so it's a small city of us. And <laughs> So you basically you know, are crazy. the West End of Louisville, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I ran for office, I had a I had a ready-made base of support. That's for just sure. Rally and, support by just lighting, just firing up the barbecue grill, and your base shall show up. <laughs> that's right. Just just call my cousins. I'm yeah, telling you. Uh, but you know, we we saw a lot of struggle. Um, you know, my mom and I went through a lot. Um, I often talk about being a type one diabetic. Mm-hmm. And I had to, there were times I had to ration my insulin because we couldn't afford it. You know, she would work multiple jobs. She was so close to make money. She made all my clothes. 
but there were times the lights were cut off, water was cut off, we didn't have air conditioning. Uh, we honestly we didn't get central air until I was in college, and I could help her get it. Wow! Uh, wow! And, and you know, I I share this story a lot, and it means a lot to tell you now about. I realized she was going without eating so that I could eat, and it just it gave me such uh, an incredible amount of respect and love for her that I, it's the type of thing that people all over Kentucky know about. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've had industries. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say that we've had industries leave, jobs have left, the whole, whole communities have been abandoned, our infrastructure is crap, and we can't get access to healthy food. There are a lot of dollar stores, mm -hmm. uh, but there aren't a lot of places to take my view on how I'm fighting for regular Kentuckians, uh, like where I'm from and all over Kentucky. You know, it makes me think of uh, Dr. Carl Hurley, who was a professor at EKU. Uh, he was also a comedian, and he was talking about the Eastern Kentucky experience, and he said that when he was growing up, they weren't poor, they just didn't have any money. You know, they, that, that same right. sort of, we didn't have much, but we really didn't know it. That's the, that is sort of, that's a, mm -hmm. a common experience in Kentucky, if, if it seems to me, certainly in my view. Well, you have, we each, grew, you have each other. Yeah, and we grew up pretty poor where I, where right. I grew up, you know, up in, in Pike County. So similar sorts of things. Yeah, you got, you got family, you got faith, you got love, you got hard work. And what we didn't realize is how much we were getting robbed and screwed no. uh, <laughs> by, you know, a lot of these big, big corporations, big politicians. But we were surviving. Oh, that's yeah. right. You know, and, and I feel that way. So you, you spoke pretty highly of Kentucky. Let's get your Kentucky bona fides out of the way here. You're a lifetime Louisville resident, Kentucky native, yeah. graduate of Louisville Male High School. Uh, you went to the University of Louisville. So you, you've stayed pretty consistently a Louisvillian and a Kentuckian your whole life. Now I'm wondering, because one of the things you know about Kentucky is that there there's we lack some opportunities that maybe other places have. I just wonder yeah. if you've ever, if you ever considered maybe going to a different place like maybe one of the you know go to a college in a different place or was there was did you and did you what made you decide to to just stick strictly with Kentucky and not kind of venture out yeah you know um one of the things that was really put in me growing up was a very deep love of home you know we take a lot of pride in, in our block in our neighborhood and we're proud to be Kentuckians you know and so um, my cousin is Winston Bennett, so he, you know he played for UK. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know brought some brought some championships back, and I applied to go to UK and U of L, and and U of L offered me a full scholarship. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, mm -hmm. And so it gave so it gave me a chance to stay close to home, and I have a very tight knit family. But to your point, you know there are a lot of opportunities that we get robbed from having. And, you know, when you come from the struggle and you don't have a lot of resources, mm -hmm. there's a lot of the world we don't get to see. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the biggest moments in my life, honestly, that shaped me as a leader uh, was during law school. I went to uh, U of L for law school because my first daughter was coming into the world. Right. And so, you know, building roots and building a foundation uh, was central to that. But every year during law school, I went to intern in D.C., um, I, I interned for Congressman Gregory Meeks out of New York. Mm -hmm. uh, he was on financial services. And, uh, you know, I was concerned about, you know, uh, the, the crashing of the economy during that time and poverty. This generation. What year was this? So what year were we talking about yeah, here, Representative? This was um, 2008 yep. through 2010. Oh. 
So yeah, that's the the economy was on everybody's mind in those days, to be yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I went to I went to Washington to try to see well, you know, what can I do to be a part of the solution here? And it was eye opening. It was a whole different world, mm-hmm. you know. And to be able to meet people from different backgrounds and tell my story and be proud as a Kentuckian, but build relationships and see that there are more opportunities, uh, it just gave me this perspective. When I came back home, we got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Every single person in this Commonwealth deserves a chance to surpass their dreams and to see how big and beautiful the world is and not be limited. All right. Well, we've kept you over to long enough. We really appreciate you, Representative. Thanks so much for 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 agreeing to talk to us today. Of course, man. It's, I, I, so I want to make sure we get y'all sweatshirts. Oh, absolutely. I will send out. Yeah. I will send Alex our address. Trust I, me. I'm excited because the whole hood of the holler. We're actually from the holler, so, so it, yeah. it resonated when I first seen it. I was like, "That's beautiful." So you know that yeah. we, we I, appreciate that. I think about it long enough. I tear up, man. This. I, I think this is it. You know, mm-hmm. we we fight together. We're unstoppable. Uh, we we sent 250 close to 300 hoodies to Ashland uh, to a, a shelter. They were trying to get some clothes for folks during the winter. Oh, there you go. And, and just seed the message and help people at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the same time, say, look, we're family. I'm I'm coming from the West End of Louisville, but if if you hurting, I'm hurting too. Mm. And and I think more of that, you know, we can do a lot of good. So I'll I'll be happy to come back. Should there or should an announcement be coming soon? All right, we well, appreciate we'll, if that. nothing else, we'll find something else to talk to you about. So sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Representative, thanks so much for joining us here on Bluegrass Homefront. You have a good afternoon, sir. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you. Oh, we didn't take a picture, Brian. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are we you still there? St- oh, yeah. Hang out. We want to. We're gonna come. Ar- he's gonna come around and get behind me, and we're gonna take a, a selfie with you. Like we're okay. gonna get in our little screen a little better, and then we'll take a selfie. So, but I'm gonna. It requires me to finagle with things here. So, so we're gonna let him get in. Here he comes, and now. See if I can move this. Here, let's do this. There we go. Uh, nope, that's worse. Nope, that's worse. All right. So we'll do it this way. All, All right. right. That's fine. <laughs> and screenshot. Ah. And one more as soon as it goes away. All, All right. right, Representative. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Thank you, sir. You have a great day. My pleasure. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. I was like, what are you doing? Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. Tiny Brian here with Victor. Hello. Hey, so we did it. We've had we music. We, we've had our interviews. We're, we're here in the last segment of our first episode, Victor. Can you believe it? All right. Hallelujah. So, uh, yeah, we're hopefully by this time by the time you hear us again, we'll be able to be in the same room together again. That'll be nice. Oh, we will. Probably tomorrow sometime. Yeah, tomorrow hopefully. So uh so by the time you hear this, we will be happily reunited and able to actually uh talk to one another face to face, but uh 
if uh, we'd love to get your feedback on what we're doing here. And if you have questions or if you have an idea of somebody we need to talk to, we are always looking for interesting Kentucky stories, interesting Kentucky people. If you know someone we need to talk to, if you have a question, a comment, a concern, a complaint, anything like that, you can reach us at feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. That is feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. Is that right? Yes. See, I never make you so actually you, say the whole email. I know you never actually made me say it. You, you just say feedback and then I give I the rest. I just say feedback and I quit listening. <laughs> <laughs> so now, yeah, so new season. Now you've got to actually say the email address. All right. So uh, we will be back next week with uh, a brand new episode, a new artist interview. We just did uh, la- uh, last week. We're looking forward to bringing that one to you. Yep, and excited uh, about that. new stuff, new things. We're moving on. It's the second season, Victor. Uh, I know, but, amazing. But Bluegrass Homefront is still produced by me, Tiny Bryan, with Victor Anderson, who is our music coordinator. Our associate producer and editor is Malachi Woodard. We offer special thanks to Catherine Leon Anderson and Michael Trent. For more information about this and our show, uh, about this show, you can find us on the web at bluegrasshomefront.com. Until next time, this is Tiny Brian reminding you that the blinking light is only me. Dude.